0: This winter, Hulu and Disney Plus are better together in a brand new bundle. That's wicked.
1: Wicked good.
0: With titles like Disenchanted and Willow on Disney Plus. And Fleischman is in trouble. And welcome to Chippendales on Hulu.
1: I love this place.
0: All for just 9 dollars a month. All of these and more now streaming. 18 and over only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply. See the DisneyBundle.com for details.
1: I'm a strong believer in pursuing dreams because I believe that just pursuing the dream, even if you might not get to the point where the dream is like come true exactly the way you wanted it to be, it's still enriching your life. The pursuit of the dream is enriching and empowering in itself.
0: Welcome to Ending Domestic Abuse, a one-of-a-kind virtual resource for helping victims escape abuse, empowering survivors, and preventing relationship violence before it can even start by giving you the tools to improve your confidence, life skills, and hope. I'm your host, Dr. Ludi Green. On my podcast, you will hear from top experts in fields like finance, economics, psychology, and many more. And you will hear stories from people who have defied the odds, overcome abuse, and found their way to success. Together, we'll offer you support and practical ideas to pursue your goals, start on a new path, and protect yourself and others. Today's episode will be another edition in our series on highlighting successful women at the top of their fields, who will tell you their incredible stories, share their advice, and act as your virtual mentor. Today, our guest is Livia Paulis, actress, director, screenwriter, and producer. Let's meet her after this short break. Dr. Elliot Berlin's Informed Pregnancy podcast delivers timeless, entertaining, and informative content on pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, and early parenting. In over 300 episodes, experts weigh in on topics ranging from pregnancy taboos, gestational diabetes, breach babies, pregnancy over 35, and induction methods to breastfeeding. Dr. Berlin interviews people about their pregnancy and birth experiences, including celebrities like Amanda Seyfried, Kate Mara, Hilary Duff, Mandy Moore, Amy Schumer, and many others. Dr. Berlin, a pregnancy-focused chiropractor, is on a mission to inform and empower new and expecting parents with access to facts they need to make informed choices that are right for themselves and their family. Episodes drop weekly on all major podcast apps and at informedpregnancy.com. This week, we're promoting the book of Christina Vitagliano, Every Nine Minutes, and is her memoir from a survivor of sexual abuse. One of the most powerful and fearless acts that a survivor can do is share their story. It is our responsibility to listen. Every Nine Minutes is a memoir written by Christina Vitagliano that gives a raw, honest, and heart-wrenching window into her life as a victim of childhood sexual abuse, Christina reveals the harrowing abuses she suffered at the hands of her father and the psychological and emotional toll of being unable to rely on her family for help and support. You can buy Every Nine Minutes by Christina Vitagliano today from Amazon in paperback or ebook. Just search Every Nine Minutes. Welcome back to Ending Domestic Abuse, and this is your host, Dr. Ludie Green. Today we have a special guest who will share stories about her prolific career and life. She will share her motivations, successes, and failures she has experienced throughout her career journey while offering important advice for those just starting out in their field or looking to advance their career. Today our guest is someone with real life experience in the often glamorized film industry. She has forged her career path and used her experience and power to uplift and empower other women along the way. She's an actress, director, a screenwriter, and producer. She has written, directed, produced, and acted in movies such as Emoticon, Ostrak, and her brand new film, The Lost Girls. It is my pleasure to introduce today our guest, Livia De Paulis. Welcome to our podcast, Livia. We're thrilled to have you. Thank you so much. I'm very honored to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Can you start by telling the listeners a bit more about yourself and your work in the film industry? I was born in Italy, in Rome, and I moved to New York
1: pretty young and reckless. And I wanted to pursue this, you know, I just really wanted to be an actress. And my focus was theater at the time. And I was somewhat successful in the theater world in New York and the off-off Broadway community, And then from there, so I was able to have a a visa originally as an artist, an artist of extraordinary ability, believe it or not. And (laughs) and from that, it was sort of upgraded into a green card, you know, for my accomplishment in in the theater, because I was able to work with some very, very established playwrights and directors in New York you know, then I I started to have the desire to, you know, act more in film and television, but it wasn't really happening because this happened around 2008. And 2008, that was that financial crisis. So everybody has to, like, my career Mm -hmm. seemed to be working and then 2008 happened and I'm like, oh, now what am I going to (laughs) do? And it was a blessing in disguise for me because that's when I decided to you know, write my own content. And along with a friend of mine who was a friend from the theater community, we wrote a script that then I was able to produce and make into like a small independent film, which is called Emoticon. And I ended up becoming a director, becoming a director, which is not something that I was ever really dreaming of becoming, but it became just kind of, It just kind of happened because I had such a strong vision for the film. And so in a way, at that point, I was kind of called to do that as well. And I very much enjoyed the experience. So I decided that I wanted to do it again. And so it took a while, but eventually I was able to make my second feature film, which is out now. It's called The Lost Girls. And this is not a micro-budget film, but it's still an independent film. And I made the movie in England because for a personal reason, eventually I moved to England in 2018. I was already working on The Lost Girls at the time, but I was able then to find financing and to eventually make the movie here in London, In the summer of 2020, which was during the pandemic, so with all the difficulties, but I was able to have this amazing cast that includes Vanessa Redgrave and Julie Richardson and Ian Glenn and also like a a number and Julian Ovenden, Parker Sawyers, and then a group of young emerging actors, one of which is Louis Partridge, who was just a young actor when I cast him, and now he's become a bit of a superstar because he starred in Enola Holmes and also in Donnie Boyle's limited series Pistol, which is now on Disney Plus. So for all this, you know, because of this ensemble piece with all this cast, the movie has been released in theatrically in the UK, in Ireland, in America, in Canada. And it's now on all the major digital platforms, and it's also going to be released in a number of other territories. I'm very, very happy and proud of it. And it's a, you know, it's a feminist film because it tells the story of four women of different ages, and they're actually four women of the same lineage. So it's a grandmother, a daughter, a granddaughter, and a great-granddaughter. And it is a spinoff of the Peter Pan story. So we look at these four women and we see Peter Pan visiting them, you know, when they hit puberty. So they meet Peter Pan, they go with him to the Neverland and then they come back to reality and they have to grow up. And in doing so, they break up, uh, they break the promise that they've made to Peter. It's really a metaphor for like, multi-generational family trauma (laughs) but it's it's uh, the theme is treated with levity
0: what inspired you to pursue a career in film and has this always been your goal So I was born thinking that I was
1: going to be an actress. (laughs) You know, it was like really one of the things that when I was, you know, very young, people would ask me, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? I would say, oh, I want to be an actress. And it's not completely clear to me why I wanted to be an actress. I guess I just wanted to get attention and wanted to be treated like, you know, like a star. And then growing up, I really had a strong passion for theater and that was something that I really enjoyed doing but then eventually it kind of became unsustainable because you know financially it was really really tough and also like it requires a lot of energy to 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 be in that world and to perform and to be constantly involved in that world of performing live mm-hmm. performing physically and so from there you know the original transition was in a way to create a vehicle for me to, to, to act, but as then become more like kind of triggered a real passion for storytelling. And so now I'm more interested in telling the story than in like what, you know, than in just acting, uh, And I very much enjoy directing because I find it to be extremely creative. You can kind of put it all together. There's the music, there's the visuals, there's the writing, there's the acting, and you can just put it all together. And I find it, you know, very
0: satisfying. I learned from others that your family were in that type of industry in Italy. So you come from a very prominent family of the film industry, Yes, is, is,
1: is yes, correct. yes. So my grandfather first, and then my father, so my father founded a studio structure. So there were mm-hmm. some, you know, sound stages, and then there were laboratories where they would make the actual sets. Mm-hmm. So it was a piece of real estate, and my, and my grandfather turned it into a studio structure right after the war. And then my dad, you know, kind of took it over. So I kind of grew up in that environment because obviously having this, you know, I grew up in an apartment. It was a nice big apartment, but it was an apartment. So having this like outside space with, you know, fake, you know, set basically (laughs) built on it was like a little bit of a paradise for a child to play in. And so I, you know, that's where I really, I guess being in that environment made me really feel like, oh, I want to be an actress. And this is, it made it, it, made it feel very natural for me to then be in that environment as an adult.
0: Sounds, sounds exciting. I mean, your background. Tell me, <laughs> what challenges did you face as a woman in this field? So I think things have been
1: getting much better. You know, after 2017 and with the Me Too movement, a lot of things have changed and there is more awareness in terms of giving more space to women behind the camera and also to tell more stories about women where the woman is not just the you know, the, the love interest, right. So the, the story, the, the protagonist where the, where the woman is the protagonist. This was not the case, you know, when I made my first feature film that was in 2000 and it came out in 2014 and I made it between 2011 and 2013. And that was, you know, very different back then. It was, it was not, you know, you were kind of like, Left to your own devices to try and do something. It's, I think the main challenge is that it's, I had found it better now, but I, I found it a bit hard to, for people to take you seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I find it very difficult to negotiate in terms of money. It's there, like you get bullied a lot. You know, you just, I, I feel like I've been extremely lucky because I did meet some men that have been aware and have given me the opportunity. But again, this all happened with my second feature film, which was 2017. You know, I pitched it. I started pitching it in 2017, and then I really pitched it in 2018. And in 2018, there was almost like a need from producers and financiers to add some female directors to their track record <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it was kind of necessary because it would you know it was it was you know there was an awareness and so and now you know now it's uh, you know the company that uh, produced my film that financed my film had not made a lot of films directed by women back then and it has done a lot in the past couple of years so there's definitely progress in my Mm -hmm. experience I wasn't you know I wasn't sexually harassed but also I wasn't really in Hollywood so I don't I don't really know how that environment could Mm -hmm. have been back then
0: how can women in the film industry better support each other I'm very strong on
1: this. I actually wrote an article. (laughs) I wrote a blog entry in 2014, which is still out on like IndieWire, about really about women supporting each other. And in that article, I proposed the idea of radical collaboration, which is really just hire another woman, Give, if you have the opportunity, give another woman the opportunity. I have done so in, you know, with *The Lost Girls*. I had a woman DOP, the director of photography, was a woman, and the production designer was a woman. You know, every opportunity I had to give another woman a, a chance to, to to do her job, really. You know, and I li- I like to work with other women, so I think I think that is something that we could all do. And it's something that it's not always done, because I feel that sometimes women, you know, we're still so behind in terms of numbers when it comes to leadership, that the, the few women that are in position of power are probably very scrutinized and very careful with, you know, their decisions. So... <laughs> It's a problem, but I, I am committed to continue to hire more women.
0: And it's wonderful because if you see, you know, whatever their success is, it's yours too as well.
1: We're definitely stronger together and we're definitely, mm-hmm. there is a, also a sense that you're, you know, besides the work that you're doing together, you're also trying to advance gender equality, which mm-hmm. I think it's important.
0: Oh, definitely. How has your passion for Empowered Women motivated your work?
1: You know, I get asked this question often, and uh, I think that it hasn't been a real political decision. It's just been a very natural desire to tell women's stories. And so the more political aspect of my work, I really think it, it just it, it comes from a very natural desire to an interest, you know, a natural interest for female issues and female stories and it just you know there's a story and there's a woman protagonist. I'm just drawn to it <laughs> naturally, more than if it's a guy. So generally, and I also feel that you know there is more need for 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 female stories, for women's stories to to be told. So in a way I thought, you know, for me it's just more interesting and more original in a way, right? So that has been kind of the other way around. It just came from a very natural personal interest. And then of course I, I do have, you know, a desire and a commitment to to do what I can to advance gender equality, but that is kind of come after, you know, the the creative impulse to tell a woman's story is very natural and very not linked to politics.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Livia, please, will you tell our audience, all these listeners, how can they get your movie? Oh, thank you for asking. So
1: in the U.S., the movie is out on all... That. It was it was out in the movie theaters in a bunch of cities, but now is primarily... I mean, now I believe it's gone to VOD. And the all the major platforms like Amazon, Apple TV, right. Google Play, Voodoo, Redbox... Mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever you can think of. is not on Netflix, but because Netflix is mostly for subscribers and this is more view on demand, but all the other, you know, major major digital platforms, you will find it.
0: And and I want to recommend, I tell you, I want to tell you that I watched your movie. We got together a group of friends. We're about seven of us. So we got like a night out on my girlfriends and I, and we watched it. It was incredible. We really loved it. So I encourage other women and friends get together and watch it together because it's really inspiring you did an amazing job your thank acting you was incredible so by the way thank you
1: so much thank <laughs> you so much because you know me <laughs> no. yeah. yeah this is a different person <laughs> yeah. thank you so much yes and I think it's nice for for women to watch it together or for mother daughters it's
0: meant to spark a conversation hmm so Definitely. So, oh, definitely. Please. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Livia will answer some questions from our listeners. Welcome to Ending Domestic Abuse. Today we're talking with Livia DePaolis. And now Livia will take some questions from our listeners. We have a question from Elaine from Dallas, Texas. She says, I am a survivor of domestic abuse. And in my previous life before having children, I did some acting. I would like to know what steps to take to get back to acting.
1: Well, first of all, it's wonderful that Elaine has the desire to go back to something that She feels it was fulfilling and and she wants to fulfill it. And it's great to, I'm a strong believer in pursuing dreams because I believe that just pursuing the dream, even if you might not get to the point where the dream is like come true exactly the way you wanted it to be, it's still enriching your life. The pursuit of the dream is enriching and empowering in itself. And then on a practical level, I would say what, worked for me was to create my own content which doesn't necessarily have to be a movie because that might feel like just overwhelming and daunting and you know you, you might be like I don't even know where to begin with but you can easily write I mean not easily but it could be very very rewarding to start writing a monologue and then then maybe that monologue can become a one-woman show. I would advise to Really work with your own story, especially if you're an adult. I'm sure that Elaine has a story to tell, and I'm sure the world has the need to hear that story. And, so, and then you can find people to help you. You, know, you can find people to, to, to work with, to collaborate with, and that is also extremely fulfilling, to collaborate with another person in, in trying to tell a story. So, you know, the main advice is seek for people, like-minded people that you
0: can collaborate with and create your own content. Thanks once again to our guest, Livia DePaulis, and thanks to you for listening. No matter who you are or what you have been through, you can find help and you can find a way out of abuse and into your new life. Send us an email through our website at ludigreen.com. That's ludigreen.com. Or you can call our abuse line, hotline at 202-643-2327. That's 202-643-2327. We'll help you find a way out to freedom. You can find me on social media at Dr. Ludwig Green on Instagram and Twitter. You can also help stop abuse by spreading word of our, our podcast. Just go on Spotify and please give us a five-star rating or share your comments. Thank you again. And together, let's all find the life you deserve.